0: but we'll showcase blockchain, AI, cybersecurity, quantum computing, and more. You want to get in on the coming gold rush of future tech and opportunity as an early adopter. Don't be left out. To register, go to BFTExpo.com. That's blockchainfuturetechexpo.com. Thank you.
1: Hello everyone. This is Chris Ansler with the Future Tech Podcast. My guest today is Marshall Kaplitz with Peninsula. How are you doing today, Marshall?
2: I'm great. How are you doing? Thank you for having me. Fantastic. Yeah, thanks for being
1: here. Marshall,
2: give us your background. Sure. Uh, I grew up in uh, New Jersey. I was born in Brooklyn. I um, uh, went to Penn State, I got my Bachelor's of Science in Operations Information Systems Management, moved to China uh, when I was 23 years old. I'm 38 uh, now, so it's been about 15 years here. Um, I've had an amazing career in uh, Many areas of uh, telecom, supply chain, Um, I've worked all over the world and I've, you know, been lucky to be involved in uh, technologies. I watched the birth of the internet and the web and now the blockchain space and uh, got a Chinese wife, a beautiful family, two kids here in Shenzhen, uh, which is the heart of the China Silicon Valley, basically, I guess, uh, in addition to Beijing or the hardware Silicon Valley, they say, and uh, grew up uh, with WeChat. And watched how WeChat uh, kind of integrated itself into Chinese society, and uh, and I have a pretty clear vision of what we can do for the whole world, and uh, using the blockchain technology to to build the real next generation platform. Talk more about that vision. Well, basically, if you look at the main point of of blockchain, is it's about you know permissionless open systems, right? So when you had the internet age kind of kick off uh, so all of a sudden we're able to post information anywhere and blogs and you know all sorts of communities developed online and you know the communication level in the world and the access to information just went through the roof right and and now we're at the beginning of the blockchain technology and and that kind of you know it merges essentially the communication piece with the with the finance piece and with the governance piece and that kind of all comes together and you know we've kind of We've termed this concept open unity. Um, we were just in South Korea, and we were just speaking about uh, 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 at, at the d 10 e conference. I gave a speech with uh, one of our advisors, uh, David Harris, on uh, on the open unity concept and how the Ninja platform falls into that. And basically, what it comes down to is everyone should have the right to transact. Everyone should have the right to have contracts adhered to. And you know, we need to move to a world where where money is programmed and, and contracts are programmed and 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 legal and finance and governance and communications all come together in one. And the Ninja Platform is going to offer tools that that facilitate that.
1: Talk more about the Ninja Platform
2: and that open community process. How does it work? Well, what we do is we start with the best communication tools that are available because everything's, you know, based on communication. So, for example... um, I'm sure you're aware there's a lot of messengers app out in the world, uh, but right now the the most advanced ones uh, are basically Lime, you know, KakaoTalk, uh, Telegram, Black. right? So there's there's a pretty clear uh, idea of of what a modern uh, cloud-based system can look like. Um, we've taken that as a base and we've added on a, a ton of uh, amazing features that really take productivity to the next level. And then we're building in systems and economies within the communications platform. And uh, one of them, for example, is a, an on-demand freelance network. So uh, any user that's a, a ninja user can uh, get work done in real time, okay, and can also do work for other people in real time, kind of like a Uber on-demand matching network. And so we've identified a, a, a list of about 15 types of services, and then, of course, sub-services under that, that we've been able to uh, kind of make this on-demand model work. And what we're really trying to do is we're trying to create an economy that has a, a kind of a very, very stable, uh, growing economy with with uh, uh, very even money flows throughout it in a consistent way. And the way that works is by having programmable money, uh, you can build long chains of, 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 of work. For example, if you're doing a, a, a movie, right, you can distribute. You could literally do a distributed production of an entire movie and just people all around the world and tying together chains of work. And when this happens, we call this open unity, because this is when everyone is actually working together, but in fact, independently, they're all free to do as they wish, and they work on the things that are interesting to them, and they get paid according to the contract without any fear for legal recourse, fraud, anything like that. And so that's what we're trying to build.
1: So that unity piece is reflective of the final product, like in in the movie sense of film. Um, The open part is um, everyone contracting to work on their various pieces of it, is that correct?
2: Yeah, like open open unity is the is the concept where where by everyone acting in their own self interest, it's coming together because just like for example, you used to have taxis driving around New York and people waving their hands, but you know, if they were one block away, it was a total miss, right? They're just driving around for no reason. But with technology, you know, you say, Oh, people need drivers, people need riders and bam, it comes together in the GPS it shows you exactly what's going on this, we need to take this level of of evolution to work. (laughs) Uh, You know, automation's coming, you know, the concept of jobs are changing. I mean, we are not in an industrial society anymore. I mean, that's very clear. We don't need people sitting in offices, driving an hour and a half, you know, a day to work, you know, sitting in factories. A lot of things are going to be changing. And what we've got to do is we've got to free people up. We've got to connect people. We've got to let it be very, very easy to be able to communicate. You know, we have to go from broadcasting the the, you know, the, the seven o'clock news on channel four to having 80 million TV stations. We've got to do that for work and for the economy and globally, by the way.
1: I agree with that. Um, earlier you mentioned 15 services that you're, um, uh in the on-demand freelance network. Can you tell us about some of those? Sure.
2: So what we wanted to do is we wanted to start. I mean, this this will evolve over time, but we wanted to start with the easiest services to kind of commoditize. But we wanted to pick things that had, um, uh, let's call it, higher uh, order thinking. Right. We want we want we don't want to be a we don't want to be an economy that that's goal is to get to the lowest price. We want to be an economy that encourages the best people to come onto the platform. Because what people really need is help. <laughs> they don't need, you know, more people who don't have experience. They need, they need real help with tasks in real time. That's what people need. And and the, and actually, the more advanced uh, you are in terms of uh, the type of work you do in society. Actually, the more you're also at this point now looking for more free time and and to work kind of when you want to work and 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 all that so so these are actually the markets that need to come together in these on demand ways. so uh, we started off with um, some simple things like translation, but in addition to just kind of basic translation we're we're going to be focusing on um you know technical translation, medical translation, legal translation, um translation of technical documents, things like that. so uh that'll be one area. Um, we're also focusing on design. So design is a very common one because uh, anybody can learn Photoshop, you know. So it's a great—I mean, to be an expert, you know, of course, takes years, but it's easy to get started. So that's a great one for getting, you know, students uh, on on the platform, uh, people in uh, countries that don't have uh, particularly high access to uh, education. You know, it, it's very very easy to get uh, hundreds of millions of people on on the platform for that. Um, so yeah, we're looking at these type of services uh that that are that are uh easier um as the economy grows, you know we can look at doing some more um physical on demand work, but in the beginning it's going to be all virtual services so that the physical properties of where people are are not relevant
1: okay very good now you mentioned that ninja has a, a messenger kind of base and you're adding exactly. in the on demand freelance network. How are those two tied together? How do you see a, a user functioning with with a ninja app?
2: Yeah, so one of the biggest challenges that we have today is if you look around at a lot of the companies being created, they're they're focusing on a on a very specific vertical, right? And and the problem is if is if the people aren't interested in that exact vertical, you know, then uh it it's a total miss. But uh what we're doing is more along the lines of how other large platforms started and evolved, right? amazon.com for example they started selling books but they knew they weren't going to be selling only books it, you know it, it was known from the beginning that Jeff Bezos goal was to you know be the everything store right a to z amazon so you know from that perspective ninja platforms really trying to do the same thing you know we we know that the best base for communication in society right now are some of these advanced messenger platforms. So we need to use that as a base. It needs to be a great communicator. It needs to be a, a, a you know a, an app that people like to use uh, on a daily basis, regardless of the services we're providing in it. And only by achieving that will we be able to leverage that uh, population to for a percentage of people who will be interested in being involved on on-demand uh, freelance network, uh, there is other groups of people that will be more interested in other features that we have, which I'd be happy to go into if you want to hear about. So it's all yeah, about creating know. the widest platform so that the biggest uh, that the biggest uptake in users and the overall growth in the ecosystem can be achieved. Tell us how um, these other features are working side by side with the messenger. Exactly, everything is integrated into the messenger, and and to give you an idea of that level of integration think of it like this we are uh, chatting with each other and you send me a file through through the through the messenger right that that file is not just on my phone it's also on my computer and we have a variety of other uh, interesting things uh, of how the data moves around your your ecosystem but basically that file is available everywhere So even though I see it on my phone, but I go to my computer, although I don't have to, I right click on it and I say, I need this file trans. So it's like a get work done. What do you need done? I need translation. Okay. The system scans it, how many words, what have you. You know, it gives you an option. Do you need basic translation? Do you need technical translation? And it tells you how many Ninja coins this is required as soon as you accept uh, that that this is uh, what you need, it'll go out to the network, just like Uber, you'll see, okay, in a few seconds or a minute, you'll get assigned, okay, this is the person who's gonna be doing your work, you know, know, they estimate it will take one hour, fantastic. Now it's in your queue, okay, Uh, you know, uh, an hour later, you get a notification, you click in, back to the message bubble in the chat with me, Uh, I see now that the original document and I see the translated one. Now I can hold that down and I can forward it to whoever I need, right? As that's happening, the smart contract closed, she's paid, I do the review, everybody's happy. Next time, if I want, I can automatically go to her because we've worked together. Or if I want to recommend her to somebody else, I can even do that and set up a smart contract to get a cut of other people's uh, work by by being the connector as well, which is another part of the business model. Okay. Very
1: good. So um, you mentioned the Ninja Coin. Um, what's the background on those, and where are you in the platform?
2: So Ninja Coin, the whole the whole thing is that with the blockchain technology, you can go global from day one. And in the past, you really couldn't do that. You you know, it's hard to hard enough to get credit card processing. You know, in in Hong Kong here, where I am right now. Um, you know, the U S happens to be a little bit easier, but even in the U S, you know, you try to take international credit cards and there's fraud and all sorts of crazy things happen. So with crypto, as you know, once you have it, you have it. So there's no risk of fraud. There's no risk of clawbacks, chargebacks, fees, anything like that. So crypto is the way that you can create from scratch global networks, which is what we're trying to do. So even though we'll accept fiat, you know, currency for Ninja coin, uh, through the platform, just like you would buy points in any game. Uh, but when you operate within the Ninja platform, it will all be with it, with NinjaCoin. And NinjaCoin being an ERC20 token, obviously it's you know very easy to hold in any Ethereum wallet. And then you know you can uh, go from there if you need to go in and out of fiat through various exchanges that are already in existence. Even though that's separate from the Ninja platform itself. Very cool. What's the roadmap right now? Where are you in that? What do you see for the future? So we raised about. Three and a half million dollars so far, independent of the ICO, and uh, we've been now developing the app for seven months. We've got a team of about 25 people um, uh, on the tech team alone, uh, and that's growing. And we've brought in some pretty uh, heavy hitters in the in the space uh, over the last uh, few months, uh, which we'll be announcing soon. and uh, And uh, the app is slated to the app and the platform is slated to be live uh, by the end of the year. Um, That will include the uh, base messaging function, um, calling, group calling, conference calling, uh, as well as uh, uh, the wallet feature and an initial um, uh, use case for the freelance network on demand, uh, which will most likely uh, be the uh, translation services, although uh, that may change still. Um, So that's where we're slated is to be live by the end of the year. Um, And we're using the ICO as a a mechanism to get the tokens out to the largest number of people, um, build as much awareness uh, about the platform as, as possible, and be able to uh, continue development and even speed it up, uh, as well as uh, expand the, the vision even further than it already is. Uh, we want to make sure that we have as many resources at our disposal as possible. And also, I want to add that we're using some very interesting languages, um, uh, such as uh, Arlang and Haskell, and and uh, and and. Uh, uh, Sorry, I forget the name of the other one. My uh, my guy will kill me. But uh, we're trying to create a, a situation here where Ninja is using the latest technologies in pretty much everything. And we want to be attracting the best people in the world. Because if we have a successful ICO, we'll have plenty of resources. And if we're committed to using the best technologies and we're committed to having one of the best visions out there, you know, then people should start kind of flocking to us. And then we'll be able to grow even a more powerful team and be able to contribute to all the projects as necessary and it's really gonna be uh, something like uh, we haven't seen in a long time. What uh, stage are you in with the ICO right now? So right now we've uh, started uh, last week or uh, almost two weeks now, uh, the uh, the private sale. Um, we went down to Seoul uh, for the D10E conference. So just the other day we were uh, one of the main sponsors and uh, speakers at the conference uh, where we, that was our official launch. Uh, or our unofficial launch, I guess, in our backyard here because uh, it's only a four-hour flight. And now uh, next week we'll be in Puerto Rico um, at uh, the D10E conference as well as uh, uh, Michael Turpin and uh, Transform Group's uh, Coin Agenda. Uh, And and we'll be doing uh, speeches there as well. And uh, we'll start putting the ICO uh, awareness campaigns into high gear uh, over the next few weeks as we as we ramp up toward the toward the public sale which is slated uh, for the mid-end of april and uh yeah we're getting really excited and uh, starting to watch the groups grow and you know it's a very exciting time for everyone what kind of feedback are you getting from
1: um, your team as far as the best way to get things rolling
2: really quick um well we're pretty much advised to just get on the road and meet people or you know we're, we're, we're you know go to the events um you know shake hands and uh, just just get to know people and i think that's the right advice because uh it's it definitely worked in korea i mean we met a fantastic uh, i mean just absolutely fantastic people uh, uh not only other uh not only potential backers uh but also just other people in our our same situation uh going through the same process that we were able to you know Share stories you know this is all new stuff right I mean you know someone with experience is someone who's done it once, so you know uh getting to meet getting to meet other people you know at all levels of the industry is uh is really is i think is really what it's about and uh it's still a very small community even globally uh you see a lot of the same people in different uh shows as you hop around and uh, i think there's uh it's kind of reminded me of like when the internet was uh was still pretty young it, it it's very much a uh, uh everyone's trying to help everyone and everyone's trying to just see it through. And especially with the regulatory situation, everyone's trying to get regulatory clarity, make sure they're doing everything right, and making sure that what their lawyers are saying are the same as what other lawyers are saying, is what the government's saying. And, you know, it's really just uh, about that, right? Just working together to get it done. Okay.
1: You mentioned the conference in Korea. What was your biggest take takeaway from that conference?
2: Um, my biggest takeaway was how big the Korean market is uh, Korea, uh I've heard from 15 to 25 percent of altcoins. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, 20, 15 to 25 percent of all crypto trading is done in in Korea. And uh, don't hold me to the to the to the number because I didn't uh, fact check it. It's just some somebody told it to me. Um, and also uh, some absurdly high percent of, of altcoins, like maybe even 50, 60 percent of the world's altcoins in Korea. So I don't know again if those numbers are accurate. But even if they're anywhere close, um, that was surprising. And uh, the people there are just really excited about it. You know, they also have the hundred day, um i c o which is you know major major company in uh in korea and they, and they did the HDAC uh uh the i c o which was wildly successful and uh and they were speaking about it at the d10e conference as well so i think there's just a lot of excitement in korea um you know the government is is committed to uh to figuring out you know rules which I'm sure will be rational they're very rational people over there and uh yeah it's just it's a very very good scene you're you're in that part of the world, so you get to see
1: that excitement and the development um, pretty pretty quickly.
2: What's your observation of the U.S. and current cryptocurrency
1: um, development?
2: Well, this is I'm, I would like to know actually because I'm going to Puerto Rico next week. I haven't been in the U.S. Uh, since we started you know our, our ICO preparations, so um, so I don't know. Um, we do have people in the U.S., you know, and and uh, I hear it they're very excited too uh but uh i'm I'm looking forward to seeing seeing for myself and seeing how you know the kind of east and west compares um I've certainly been following the regulatory and it you know it seems like it's starting to shape up with wyoming um uh starting to give some clarity on to how i c o s will be treated and and we are a wyoming company in the u s so uh so that's good uh but yeah we're we're i'm I'm going and I'll let you know <laughs> can we have a follow up uh, interview in a, in a week
1: <laughs> yeah definitely that'd be great. Um, so yeah, and, and with, I'd be happy
2: to. I would actually. I would love to uh, have that conversation, and then when and, I went, and I, we could compare East and West. Yeah, that that would that definitely be a great um, comparison. I'm I'm in the U.S. and so
1: the main thing that I'm seeing is regulation, regulation, regulation. And I've also recently traveled to the Philippines, and um, I was talking with someone else, and the excitement in the city of Manila alone about using cryptocurrency. Um, it's just amazing. So coming back to kind of the opposite of that in the U.S., is, um, it just blows my mind. It, it's crazy to watch. So, yeah, definitely we, we should talk about that again, and I'm, I'm interested to hear your perspective on that. Sure. That'd be great. So let's get back to uh, the, the Ninja platform. With the, the end of the year coming up and having your product ready to roll out, what problems have you encountered thus far, and how have you
2: solved those problems? Um, well, the problems that we had so far really were just about how do you start to execute the development of such a large vision when you really only have what's essentially seed funding, um, and so that was the hardest thing to overcome in the beginning. But you know, we just did it, um, and then building the team. Luckily, as we started showing the progress, you know, then more uh, money came, which is what tends to happen. Is you know, as people see you're doing well, then I'll kind of jump on board and so now we're just trying to kind of accelerate that energy you know with the with the ico um, when we go live you know one could argue that's when the real work starts right so uh we're putting together an amazing team of of people with deep marketing experience and psychology experience and you know global uh, our entire management team I mean not one single person uh, on our management team team lives in the country that 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 they were born and and we all speak multiple languages so I mean you know we know how to we know how to get around this world and know how to interact with all the, all the different areas and, and cultures and languages in a way that very few uh, teams do, and especially you know, tied to uh, the expertise that we have in, in the messaging and you know, Internet services and blockchain. So, so we're just going to go all out on, on marketing globally. We're going to start particularly with um, universities because those are easy kind of single entry points into large communities of people. And uh, those are our target market. You know, people are, who are younger tend to change first. They're earlier, more early adopters. Um, and also, you know, they're looking to build their experience and they're looking to uh, earn extra money. And that's perfect for our on demand freelance network because they'll be able to build blockchain based reputations and proof of their work history coming out of uh, university without even worrying about formal internships anymore which has gotten ridiculous anyway. They don't even pay people anymore. It's practically slavery. So, you know, I think there's a lot we can do with university universities to kick off the uh, initial user base, uh, and then we'll go from there, step by step. Great.
1: So how can listeners find out more about Ninja and contact you if they want to do
2: business or become a customer? I think the best thing to do would be just to, you know, go to our website, and I mean, if it's a general inquiry for the business, or what have you, then feel free to just, you know, fill out the contact form. If it's, you know, something that you heard on this interview that you want to specifically follow up with me on, then just, you know, email me, marshall at ninja.biz, and uh, be happy to be in touch with with anybody for anything. You know, I mean, my job right now is just to get the word out. And that's, you know, why we're, you know, going to the conferences and, you know, meeting people and having interviews and doing all these things is we just want to, Get the word out about what we're doing, and you know, when people start hearing about it, hopefully they'll they'll uh, you know kind of uh, align themselves with with what we're doing and and believe in what we're doing and and uh, understand why we're doing it and uh, and start having those conversations. And you know, I don't want to be I don't want to be going to YouTube and typing in cryptocurrency and just having like 80 million videos about you know about the price of cryptocurrency. You know, I want to I want to see videos of of people having intelligent discussions about why we're using, you know, what's the purpose of blockchain? How did it come about? You know, what's the history of it? What's the technology behind it? You know, what what does it offer at a raw technology level? You know, why are we building platforms based on it? W- when should you use it? When should you not use it? You know, what happens when you're crossing jurisdictions that don't have or don't even have technical jurisdiction over cryptocurrency? Yet it intersects with the legal systems in certain areas. You know, and the security and the privacy. And there's so many things we need to be discussing now. And, and, you know, we just, we just need to have those conversations. And I think that's all tied to the open unity concept that we're trying to kind of push here. And, uh, yeah, just whoever wants to get in, on board, let's talk. And just to make sure, that's
1: NYNJA, Ninja. You got it. Awesome. Marshall, thanks for coming on the podcast today. I really appreciate your time.
2: Thank you. I appreciate your time as well.
1: And thanks everybody for joining us here on the future tech podcast. We will see you next time.
0: Coming to Dallas, Texas, September 14th, 15th, and 16th, 2018. The Blockchain and Future Tech Expo. This is gonna be a gigantic conference of over 5,000 people. We're gonna be talking about blockchain and its applications. We're gonna be talking about quantum computing, cybersecurity, artificial intelligence,